theyeshiva.net. You see Dav Chesamet Beis, Mamash in the middle of the Amid, the two dots, Uli Yavlis, there's two dots before and after, the line starts, Mishana Sheyashim HaChadash. As we realize, the Mishnah, the Gemara is progressing and advancing throughout the Mishnah, interpreting, explaining word for, for word from the Mishnah. <coughs> we have the classic example of what the Rambam writes, that Lushen, the, the Rambam has an introduction to the Mishnayis. He wrote a commentary on Mishnayis, and he wrote a very long introduction to Mishnayis which really is obligatory learning in every, uh, probably in every high school, every masift, every yeshiva, because he gives the whole structure of how Tayyar Shabalpah works. <coughs> it's, it's a fascinating piece of work. Just to understand the whole history, the evolution, the klolem, the principle, how it works. So the Rambam there has a famous Lashen, the Lashen HaMishnah is Lashen Kotzer V'Koylelayonim Rabin. Extremely brief, and everything is compressed in very short words. Similar to what we know about Chumash, that everything is compressed in one pasuk. So on a different level, of course, more elaborate in Teresh you have this with Mishnayah. So here you have probably a classic example for this. You say, Rosh Hashanah L'Malachim, Ka'echad Benissim, so the Gemara has a few pages. L'Regalim is Vaita, a few pages. Then you go, Ba'echad Ba'elu, Ba'echad Betishrei. And now word for word, literally the Gemara is deciphering word for word from the Mishnah. So the structure of the Mishnah was that on the first day of Nisan is Rosh Hashanah for kings and Pesach for Yom Tovim. The first day of Elul is Rosh Hashanah for Maisa Behemah, but only according to one opinion, which we know now is Reb Meir, where Reb Lazar and Reb Shimon disagree and they say, no, that's all the first day of Tishrei. On the first day of Tishrei, everybody holds, you have a Rosh Hashanah for years, which the Gemara gave three different interpretations for it, either years, again, documents for non-Jewish kings, or years, the second interpretation has to do with astrona- astronomy, when we begin our cheshboinus of the sun and the moon, which is a whole different interpretation. Or the third and final interpretation is actually the Rosh Hashanah that we're very familiar with, and we talk about that is the beginning of a year in terms that this is the year. This is the year, it's the day when everything is decided for the whole year. So it's, it's actually a very serious Rosh Hashanah, it's like literally the head, in the sense that everything that happens in the body is first happening in the head. It starts in the brain, and it comes from the brain, which has the central nervous system. There's nothing that occurs in the body. There's not a movement (coughs) with your finger that is not first processed, commanded, instructed, and therefore experienced by the brain. And that's what Rosh Hashanah is. Rosh Hashanah is, that's the day when it is decided, and it's the source of everything that happens throughout the entire year. As he says, the day of judgment, After that, we said it's Rosh Hashanah for Shemitah. That the Gemara didn't have a problem with interpretation because we all know what Shemitah is. The problem is the source. How do you know it's Echad Batishrei? So the Gemara discussed the source, it's Akzerishava from Bashana Hashviyas to Rishis Hashanah. We now go to the next word which is Leovelis, and then there's still going to be after that another two, Netia and Yerakas. Netia is going to be Arla, and Yerakas is going to be vegetables. That's also going to happen on the first day of Tishrei. But now we're holding by the word Yovelis. It's Rosh Hashanah for Yovel. Now this is going to need explanation. What it means that the first day of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah Leovelis. 
Zog the Gemara, Yoivel is Be'echad B'Tishrehu. Yoivel is not on the first day of Tishrei. Yoivel is Ba'asada B'Tishrehu. Yoivel happens on the tenth day of Tishrei. Now here there's going to be a detailed analysis of Psukim. So it's very important to push it, see the Psukim, because without it, it's very, very difficult to understand the Gemara. The Gemara is now going to analyze, as it often does in Masech Tereshashana, how to learn a Pasuk, and explain all the details and the nuances that seem completely uh, unnecessary or superfluous or excessive. The source of Yoival is Parshas Bahar. Everybody knows Parshas Bahar begins with the Halachas of Shemitah, which is the seventh year, the sabbatical year, and then goes off to Yoival. But when you look at the Psukim, I'm going to read the few Psukim here that the Gemara is going to keep on going back and forth. If you have the Gemaras that have Psukim on the side, what they call Torah or Hashalim, a lot of new Gemaras have nice Psukim, so they have most of the Psukim. They also, they only quote the Psukim that the Gemara quotes, not the Pasuk before, the Pasuk after. So that's why sometimes the Apostle have to open a, a good old Chumash to understand the Gemara. It says in Parshas Bahar as follows. Hashem speaks to uh, Hashem speaks to Moshe Barasina and he tells him the famous pasuk, Sheishar Kisavoyu Ala Aretz. You come to the land, you have to have Shemitah. Six years you plant your field. Six years you prune your vineyard. Bashana Hashviyus Shabbos Shabbos and Yil Aretz. There's no planting. There's no pruning. There's no harvesting for yourself. It's hefker. Your fields, your orchards are ownerless. Everybody can eat it. You can eat it. Your servants can eat it. Animals could come and eat it. Jews can come and eat it. Non-Jews can come and eat it. The rich and the poor, it's an open field. Grant, granted. Those are the first seven psukim of Parshas Baha. The next Pasuk reads, I'm going to read. sheva Now you should count for yourself sheva shapsis which means seven shmitas. Sheva shanim, sheva pa'amim. Seven years, seven times. Which of course makes, the Pasuk says, Teshav Arbayim Shana, 49 years. Seven times seven is 49. You have Shemitah. Count for yourself seven Shemitahs, meaning 49 years. Granted. What happens next? Pasuk Tess. Va'avarta shoifer trua b'chaydash ha'shvi ba'asr l'chaydash. Now you should blow shoifer on the seventh month, on the tenth day. B'yoyim ha'kippurim taviru shoifer b'chalartzach. Which happens to be Yom Kippur. The tenth day of the seventh month. We know the seventh month is Tishrei. Although the Pasuk will never say it's Tishrei because as we learned, the names of the months come from Babylonia, when the Jews come back from there. But we know in Chumash it's the seventh month. On Yom Kippur, you should blow Shoifer B'chol in your entire land, in your entire country. When is this? Which Yom Kippur? Which Yom Kippur? When you're learning, which Yom Kippur is this? You told me to count 49 years. And then, on the seventh month, in the tenth day, you should blow Shoifer. That's after I counted 49 years, Right? Because you said count 49 years. So it can't be in Kippur of year 49 because I didn't count 49 years. So obviously, which Yom Kippur is this? Yom Kippur after year 49. Right? That's Mamish literal reading because if not, it wouldn't make sense. Now comes Pasuk Yud. V'kidashtem eshnasa chamishim shana. Sanctify the 50th year year. V'kidashtem eshnasa chamishim shana. Sanctify the 50th year year. This should be a time of freedom for all citizens. This is Yoival. What happens? Every man go, gets back his plot of land that he may have sold, and everybody goes back to their family. Everyone goes back. Everything is restored. 
I sold the field, it comes back to me. I sold myself as a slave because I desperately needed money. I go back to my mishpacha. And then Pasuk Aleph, again, Yoivel he. This is Yoivel. Shnasa Hamishim Shana Tiyalachem. Again, it's the 50th year year. And now he tells me, don't plant, don't harvest. Because it's Yoivel, it's holy. Just like you told me by Shmita, you're telling me by Yoivel. And on this Yoivel, everybody goes back to the plots. So this is the structure of Parshas Bahar that the Gemara is now going to analyze. But the first question here is, it's very obvious that the action of Yoivel starts on Yom Kippur. When the Pasuk introduces Yoivel, how does it say? How does the Pasuk say it? On the seventh day, on the tenth day of the month, on Yom Kippur, you blow Shoifer. And then you tell me, you sanctify the 50th year, this is the year of freedom, the year of liberty, this is the year of Yoivel. So L'cha'ire, Yoivel clearly starts on Yom Kippur. That's how we read the Pasuk in Parshas Bahar. Comes the Mishnah Masech Rosh Hashanah and tells me, no, on the first day of Tishrei, that is when the year of Yoivel begins. Not on Yom Kippur. Flegde Gemara. Yoivel is Be'echa B'Tishrei. Yoivel is Be'asada B'Tishrei. Yoivel is on the tenth day of Tishrei. How do I know? Diksiv. We have a Pasuk in Parshas Bahar. And let's read the whole Pasuk. Right after it says, count 49 years, it says... You blow shoifer in Shnas HaYoyvel. Now, where do they blow shoifer? When do they blow shoifer on Yom Kippur? That's going to be a sugi in Masech later in the Masech The details of where do you blow, when do you blow, what point of Yom Kippur. I mean, we all have a minig to blow shoifer at Yom Kippur, at the end of Yom Kippur, right? By the end of Neila, it's a minig Yisrael. But this is a chi of min to blow shoifer. When, what, and where, that we'll discuss. But the bottom line is, it's Yom Kippur. Right after that, the Pesach says, <coughs> You should sanctify the 50th year, and let everybody go free. After, you told me that you blow Shoif on Yom Kippur. That means they go free, not Rosh Hashanah, they go free after Yom Kippur, because if not... You're very mis- these psukim are very misleading. You tell me, wait till Yom Kippur to blow Shoifer, and then afterwards you tell me, this is Yoivel, everybody goes free. So the Chayr, it's clear from the psukim that they go free after Yom Kippur. If this is the case, how can the Mishnah here, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, tell us that Be'echel B'Tishri is Rosh Hashanah L'Yoivelos? That's the question that the Gemara raises. Now, before we go to the answer, the answer is going to be an interesting answer, I just want to give a little perspective so she'll be able to understand the details of what we're discussing here. There are a few dinim, halachas, that exist in the year of Yoivel. Just to note, we don't have Yoivel anymore. Not only don't we have Yoivel, Yoivel already was obliterated very early in Jewish history. Unlike Shmita, which still exists, okay, there's a machloikas if it's min if Shmita is min that's a famous argument. According to most, the Chiyuvim of Shemitah may be Midrabonah, according to many places. Yoivel, on the other hand, has a special condition. And that is, the Pasuk says, that to observe Yoivel you need, Kol Yoishveha Aleha. Ukrasim Dreir Ba'aretz Lechol Yoishveha. You need all the citizens of Eretz Yisrael living there. Now, all doesn't mean all, because what if a Jew had to travel uh, for a few days to Iran? So then the whole Klal Yisrael lost Yoivel. So we, as usual in Allah, we follow the majority. The moment the ten Shvatim were exiled from Eretz Yisrael by the Assyrian king, known as the Aseris Ashvatim, which happened 150 years before 
the destruction of the first base Amikdash by Nebuchadnezzar Melech Bavel, who exiled the other two tribes, Yehuda and Binyamin from Yerushalayim. But the moment the ten Shvatim were exiled, so the halachas of Yovel could not be practiced anymore because he didn't have the conditions that are necessary in halacha for Yovel. But Yovel was a very interesting situation. There was no sale in Eretz Yisrael, usually for more than 49 years. And even if the sale happened a year before Yovel, Yovel canceled it. Everything went back. There was no such a thing as a Jewish slave for more than Yovel. Everybody went free in Yovel. Yovel, everything went back. What do they say? Alternate, uh, alternate control delete or restart. A re- reset, everything restarts. Basically like a lease. Huh? Yeah. Every sale was basically... It says, You can't sell the land for eternity. It just doesn't work. Afkat the Malka. Melech Asher got rid of it, or he didn't get rid of Yehovah. He got rid of the Jews. Melech Asher. He got rid of the Jews. Wasn't Nebuchadnezzar? No, Nebuchadnezzar is the Babylonian king who comes in later. So we needed the ten tribes. We needed the ten tribes, and we don't. We still don't have them. Yeah, you still don't have them. So the halachas of Yehovah, because the halachas of Yehovah are based on Klal Yisrael being in their land, like organic. It's basically the Jews living organically, holistically. Everybody has their plot that they got from Yeshua Benun from the early generations, and you're continuing that. It's like that complete wholesome state of the Jewish people in their natural, in their natural habitat. So what happened after the first year? It should have been Yehovah. It's been counted as the first year for the next Shemitah. Oh, so is that we're going to discuss? There's a big machloek because we're going to discuss that. What are the main halachas of Yehovah? Number one, all Jewish slaves go free, no matter why the person is a slave. He could be sold himself and could be he wants to stay. Yoivel, he goes free. Now really, you go free after six years. There's no sale of slavery more than six years. Furthermore, when you have a Jewish slave, as the Gemara says in Kedushan, and you have only one pillow in the house, he gets the pillow. And there's only one piece of sushi for dinner, he gets the sushi, you eat the potatoes. And there's only one blanket, he gets the blanket. As the Gemara sums it up, which in simple English today means when you hire a Jewish employee, don't think he's an employee. You're hiring a boss, you're hiring a master. <laughs> don't think you're hiring an Evadivri, you're hiring an other. But after si- and after six years, it's over. There's no such a thing, six years. But if the guy wants to stay, he could stay till Yoival. That's number one. Yoival, every Jewish slave goes free, automatically. Number two, all fields that were sold go back to their owner, and what if the owner is not around anymore? For example, the father passed away, it'll go back to the Yerushim, to the ears. Number three, all work in earth, agricultural work, is forbidden on Yoivel, and this is where Yoivel is, similar to Schmidt. Of course, Schmidt doesn't have the other, two, the other two components. Now, here's an important question. When we say, the Gemara says, that Yoivel starts Yom Kippur, <coughs> is the Gemara referring to slaves going free, and fields going back to their owner, and also to the prohibition of working the land. L'chaire, it's clear that the prohibition of working the land begins from the beginning of Yehovah, from Rosh Hashanah of Yehovah. According to everybody, it actually begins Rosh Hashanah. However, Yom Kippur, the question is, what happens on Yom Kippur, which we're going to discuss now, but that's only relative to the freeing of the slaves and restoring the fields back to their original owner. The Isser Avoidin Karka, toiling the land, according to everybody, begins on Rosh Hashanah. Why is it Haka? Why don't you say that also begins on Yom Kippur? The answer is because it says 
after 49 days you should blow Shofar Yom Kippur, and then after that it says, on the 50th year, all slaves go free, and all lands go back. So that depends on Tkiya Shofar. That says after Tkiya Shofar. But the issue of working in the field is said in a completely separate Pasuk later, Pasuk Yod Aleph, where it just says, on the 50th year you shouldn't plant your fields. So that Isser is not a din in Tkiya This is how the Sfasemus explains why when it comes to working the field, there's no Machloikas. Frekderan, a big question. He says, I don't understand. When the Mishnah says, Rosh Hashanah on Echel Matishri, what are we referring to? Are we referring to, the Nan's question, are we referring to liberating the slaves and getting back the fields, or referring to the issue of working the land, when it says, it's Rosh Hashanah Whenever you say Rosh Hashanah, remember our clap. You don't say Erev Pesach is Rosh Hashanah for B'dikas Chametz. You don't say Purim is Rosh Hashanah for Shalach Monas. And you don't say Chanukah is Rosh Hashanah for lighting candles. Why not? It's not Rosh Hashanah. You do B'dikas Chametz, you're done. Rosh Hashanah means the beginning of a year that's about to come. So it has to be something that continues throughout the year. B'dikas Chametz I do once and I'm over. It's not Rosh Hashanah for B'dikas Chametz. You could say Rosh Hashanah L'Shemitah. A whole year, I'm not allowed to work the land. When does that begin? The Echad B'tishnah. You could say Rosh Hashanah L'Malachim. A whole year, I have to write on the document, it's the second year of the king. When does that begin? The Echad B'tishnah. you send out the slaves once. You don't send out the slaves a whole year. Once, you send out the slaves. You give back the field once. So what is it Rosh Hashanah for? That you're not allowed to work the land. That's a whole year. And that begins when? On Rosh Hashanah. Frek the Iran. I don't understand. What is the Gemara struggling here with? Rosh Hashanah is not talking about Davadim, it's talking about the Karka, because on Davadim it's not a Rosh Hashanah. That's the question of the Ram. Svasemes says a beautiful word. Malabatish, a very nice word. Svasemes says Yovel comes after Shemitah, because you have 49 years. You count 49 years. The seventh, every seventh is Shemitah. So year 49 is the last unit of seven, right? So it's number seven. So Yovel is always after Shemitah. He says, Rosh Hashanah obviously is something new. They're not working of the land. You already did a whole year. You already did a whole year. So it's, that can't be a Rosh Hashanah for that, because Rosh Hashanah is a, a naya yar, it's a, something new. So that's only a hemshech of the previous year. So therefore the Svasema says, Rosh Hashanah can't be for that. That's why the Gemara has such a problem here. Slaves, in Shemitah, huh? extensively they get out. The ones that want to stay, stay. No, no, six years. That's six years. No, that's like, not Shemitah. Oh, yeah. Right. Right, right. It's their own Shemitah. It's a subjective Shemitah. Yeah. So that's what this Fasama says. The Ran, however, explains that the truth is that you could say Rosh Hashanah on the other things also. Why? Because even though you send out the slaves once, but what happens if I buy a slave on Yoivul? Throughout the year. What happens if I buy a field in the middle of the Yoivul? I, 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 and it goes back. And it goes back, so that therefore he says the whole year it still continues. Yes, you don't continue to sell to, to free your slaves a whole year, you do it once. But there's halachas that apply for the whole year in this area. That if you buy it, it goes back. The question is do you lose your money, you don't lose your money. No, no, because the machlok is if you lose your money, you don't lose your money. Right away. So it's a a What do you say? The contract is right. No, 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 no. He says that's the din. That's the Rosh That an ever that a sada, it's not a sale. That it's not a sale. That it's not a sale. I should just say, and there's one more shit, there's a famous shit of Shmuel, who actually holds that, um, 
that it's it's a sale and it goes back and the guy loses his money. <laughs> so it's actually much worse. It's a sale and it goes back, it doesn't work, and he loses his money. But according to the halacha, it's not a sale. He says that's a din. That's a din in the whole year. Usually you're not supposed to become an Evid. The Torah is very upset on a Jew who becomes an Evid. Avadai Hain. Uh, the Yerushalmi says that an Evid it doesn't say Shema Yisrael because to be able to say Shema Yisrael you have to have one boss. And if you have a boss on the guard, you already can't say Shema Yisrael. Well, you're not chayyib, right? Yeah, you're only chayyib by uh, women's. Uh, but I'm saying, but he brings that that he can't say Hashem Alekein or Hashem Echad because he has uh, he has somebody above him. So generally, we Torah was not a very big fan of slavery. But even the word slavery, when we use the word slavery, yeah, that link can abolish, that means a real slave for life. Yeah, this is not a slave, it's really a, a, a servant for six years, but it's... A, it's, a, it's Indentured. <laughs> right, right. No, no, he's a Jew. Why he sold himself as a slave? Could be for two reasons. A guy, it made a lot of sense. A guy was poor. He couldn't support his family. He didn't have bread on his table. I come to you. I say, buy me for six years. I belong to you. You have to pay me, and you have to support my family. So it's a wonder. It's not such a bad thing. So six after six years, I have to go free. What if I love you? You're a good guy. Get an earring. Whatever. So you could stay up to Yoival, but Yoival, you gotta go. It's 49 years. He calls it Kyle. Hopefully, Kyle, they learn a little bit, yeah? You're doing the same thing, but it's for two different reasons. You're right. He just says the word Rosh Hashanah is. Because technically, if it wouldn't be Yoivald, you would go back to work. So now the Shoshana is telling me that now you're also not going back to work. Yeah, no, he just says the Shoshana is mashma, that something new begins, not just the Hemshech. Okay, fine. So Bamela, we're back to the question, if it's a Shoshana or for Shiluah Chavodim, this happens on Yom Kippur. And for the Gemara Hamani, Rabbi Shmob, B'nai Rabbi Yechonim, The Kash is a good Kash. Our Mishnah follows one Tana. His name was Rabbi Shmob, the son of Rabbi Yechonim, the son of Breikah. Why him? Because he holds that Yoival doesn't begin Yom Kippur. Holds begins Rosh Hashanah. Ah, you just brought me Psukim. That you blow Shoifah on Yom Kippur. So he explains the Tanya we learned to Bryce. After it says, on Yom Kippur you blow Shoifah, it says, You should sanctify the 50th year, year. Now, as Rashi says, this Pasuk is superfluous. Why is it superfluous? A Pasuk before it says, count 49 years. And then blow shoifer on Yom Kippur. Obviously, if you're blowing shoifer on Yom Kippur after 49 years, when is that? That's on the 50th year. So automatically I would figure out that Yoival is the 50th year. Why does it have to say, And even if you want to say, because there's a halacha that Bezdin has to say it's holy, which is true, but we already know which year it is. You could say, that year. The fact that you have to say it's the 50th year and it's obvious comes to teach me a lesson. Rabbi Nechanana learns that the problem here is not the whole Pesach, the problem is Shnas Hachamishim Shona. Why do you have to say Shona? Ma Talmud Leimer, why does this Pesach come? Why do we need this Pesach? Zok Lefisha Nema, the answer is because the Pesach says, B'yoy Ma Kippurim. 
the previous pasuk says you blow shefnim kippur I would think loy te miskadash esalam yemak kippurim veilach. The year becomes holy only from yem kippur onwards. Talmud loymar. The next pasuk says vikidashtem es shnas hachamishem. The year is holy. Melamed shemiskadashes vahileches mitchilasa. Don't make a mistake. Blowing shoifers yem kippur. But don't think, so the year starts Yom Kippur. So I tell you after that, even though I know it's the 50th year, the year of 50 is holy, meaning even Rosh Hashanah, or the Rabbi Nechanan would say, from here Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yechon Abreka, derived the following halacha. When Yoival comes, the party begins. But this is how it works. From Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippur, no slaves have permission to go home. Why? Because the Pasuk says you should blow Shofar on Yom Kippur. And after that it says, on the 50th year should be the year of freedom. So it sounds like the Mashmoah says you have to wait for Yom Kippur. But don't think that that period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, they're allowed to utilize their slaves for work. No. So what do the slaves do for 10 days? So he says, They ate, they drank, they celebrated. The slaves put on crowns on their head, and they celebrated their imminent emancipation. In other words, no slavery whatsoever. Once Yom Kippur arrives, Taku Bezdin B'Shoifer, Bezdin blew the Shoifer, as the Pasuk says, and then Nifteru Avadim L'Batayim, all servants, all slaves went back to their homes, meaning their original homes, either their own homes if they established families, or the homes of their parents. V'sadus Chayzus L'Balayim, and all the fields reverted back to their owner. This is the view of Rabbi Shmuel. What do we learn from here? Yoivil starts, not Yom Kippur, Yoivil starts Rosh Hashanah. Because Vikidash Tamishnasachamishim Shana. Ah, you telling me that the freedom is after Yim Kippur, Enachanami. The Torah says that the actual experience of liberty of going back home that starts after Yom Kippur. As the Turayev and the Shagasari explains there, that Ibn Shmal holds that even very interesting Vart, that even though Yoival depends on Rosh Hashanah, it starts Rosh Hashanah, but it's Tolui in the Tkiyas Shoifer of Yom Kippur. In other words, if they don't blow Shofar on Yom Kippur, Yoival will not take root. On the other hand, if they do blow Shofar on Yom Kippur, Yoival starts retroactively on Rosh Hashanah. So it's almost like Yoival starts on Rosh Hashanah, but there's a condition. The condition is you have to blow Shofar on Yom Kippur. Once you blow Shofar on Yom Kippur, the whole year became a year of Yoival. That should be Shmol Shitta, if that's the case. Either slaves are going home after Yom Kippur, Mitzvah Yom Kippur, but the freedom begins Rosh Hashanah. You're not allowed to work your slaves? That's a good question. Here the Gemara says that it's uh, it's Bezdin, and that's a big argument. It was actually a Tanakh between the Minchas Chinuch and the Turayev and the Shagasari, two Achroinim. The Minchas Chinuch says that it's actually not a Mitzvah Bezdin. It's a mitzvah, Taviru Shoifer Bechol Arzachem, Hitainus, that it's a mitzvah on every Jew. You have to blow Shoifer, or you have to hear Shoifer, like Rosh Hashanah. If, if you want to hear from Bezdin, you have to hear from Bezdin. 
Ah, it says here that Bezdin was Tekeya B'Shoifer, and that's when the slaves went out. If it's a mitzvah on every Jew, what's Negeya Bezdin? He says simply because Bezdin was alert. So Bezdin was always the first one to blow Shoifer. Because they were, you know, they were responsible for these things. So therefore, it was just a common experience, not that it's a din. However, the Shagasari, the Turei Evan says, no, that the Chlois of Yoival is totally in Bezdin. Bezdin is the one that's responsible for Tkir Shev. It's the famous Machlaikas of the Achrayim. I'll call upon it. This is the Shitta of Rebbe Shmol, and this answers the Mishnah Rishon Olayoivlis. If you would hold that the whole thing starts on Yom Kippur, right? Avadim and Sadis, then you would have a problem with our Mishnah. Because it's not Rosh Hashanah Leyovlis, you have to wait till Yom Kippur. So it's Shitta of Rebbe Shmol. Now, Stam, there's an interesting Aryan in Taisvis here. It just shows you that when you learn a Masechta, you have to halt everything in Cheshbon. Everything you learn before, you have to halt in Cheshbon in order to make sure that the puzzle is perfect. Take a look, Toysfus, Basada Betishrehu. The Gemara asks, it's Hasada Betishrei. So Toysfus says, one second, this is not a real question. Reb Ashi, who said earlier that Pshat in the Mishnah is, Arbor Rosh Hashanah, Bedalad Rosh Hashanah, Parach. What is Toysfus saying? According to Reb Ashi, we learned earlier, that the Mishnah is counting only Rosh Hashanim that exist in Rosh Hashanim. We had a big problem. Why doesn't the Mishnah count Tazayin Nisan for Oymer? Why doesn't the Mishnah count Vav Sivin for Mincha Chadasha? Why doesn't the Mishnah count the various other Rosh Hashanahs we said about Echad Benissan, whether it's Chiriz Batim, Minyan Rosh Hashanim, etc. So Rabashi gave a klal. The klal is, Arbar Rosh Hashanim he means the four Rosh Hashanim that exist on Rosh Chodesh. The four Rosh Hashanim. What are the four Rosh Hashanim that exist on Rosh Chodesh? So you have Rosh Chodesh Nisan. You have Rosh Chodesh Elul. You have Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. And according to Beishamai, you have Rosh Chodesh Shvat. That's what we can, that's what we say for, even though there are more Rosh Hashanim. If this is the case, say the same thing. Rosh Hashanah Le'yoyvelis is when is the tenth of Tishrei. I, why aren't you counting it as a separate Rosh Hashanah? The answer is, because Rabashi says it's not Rosh Chodesh, it's Yom Kippur. I, the Mishnah says, Rosh Hashanah Le'yovlis is Be'echad Benissin. You had the same question on the Regalim. Pesach is not Echad Benissin. And what did Reb Chizda answer on the Avdalit? That when the Mishnah says Echad Benissin, Rosh Hashanah Le'regalim, it means Echad Benissin starts the month when you're going to have Rosh Hashanah Le'regalim. Say the same thing here. Echad B'tishrei starts the month when you're going to have Yoivil on Yom Kippur. Just like you said before, and it worked. So Toysva says, I don't see a big problem here. You're making a big problem. Zolzayin Yoivil is on Yom Kippur. Ah, it's not a new Rosh Hashanah because Rabbi Ashley said you need Rosh Hashanah that's Rosh Chodesh. Ay, why are you saying Be'echad B'tishrei? It's misleading. You already gave me a pshat on the Regalim. Use the same pshat for Yoivilus. That's what Toysva says. What does that Dor Sabach say here? Parich, the Ha'amar of Chiz de Lael, Regal Shabbat Shashana Regalim, Avanami Matsil, You could have given the same exact answer like before. So the Rajbah brings this question, and the Rajbah says, Toysvis is right, but the reason the Gemara doesn't answer this question is because the Gemara believes that you have a very Gishmaka answer, that the Mishnah follows the shit of Rabbi Shmuel, B'noi Shrab Yochanan and many held like this shit, including possibly the Amirayim who were writing this Gemara, and therefore it's much better when you could say literally, it's Taka Be'echad and you don't need 
a pshat because you can follow the mission of Rabbi Yechonon Breka. The Ture Evan says very nicely that you can't say this pshat and Taisvus. Why? Because a very good chap. The next line is Rosh Hashanah leYovlus Nitiya and Yeraka starts Echabetishre. If Pshat is Rosh Hashanah Yovlus is really Tesvav, it's just now starts the month when we're going to have it, you should have done it after Nitiya and Yerakas. That doesn't make sense logically to first tell me something that's going to start in 15 days and then tell me something that's going to start today. I mean 10 days. That not. So he says here you can't say like before. Before you said Rosh Hashanah Malachim Valeragal. Malachim is Rishchaydish. Regalim is two weeks later. That's that's fine. I'm good. But here it says the Yovel is before Natiya Yerach. He says that's why Taisvus's Shaila can't be up. The Taisvus's answer can't be applied, and that's why the Gemara needs a new answer. So therefore, we explain that it follows the Shit of Rabbi Shema. So the Gemara Vaiter What about the Rabbanon? The Seist. Those who argue with Rabbi Shmuel and they say Yovel starts on Yom Kippur, what do they do with this whole extra posik, the Kiddash to Hamishim Shana, that you used to explain that Yovel applies to the whole year? And for the Gemara, they have a limud, and the limud is a very interesting limud. Shanim atamekadosh viatamekadosh chadasha. The Kiddash to Hamishim Shana, there's only an obligation to sanctify years, never months. Meaning, we have a big machloikas later in Masechta Rosh Hashanah. What is the status, what is the law when it comes to every Rishchidosh? The witnesses come, say, on day 30. And they say, we saw the moon last night, right? So, L'Halacha, we paskin, that Rosh Bezdin says, Mekudosh, and the whole nation, whoever is there, by the Beis everybody screams, Mekudosh, Mekudosh, and that makes it Rishchidosh. That was one shit, but that is the shit of Rebbe Lazar, of Tzadik, that's, I think, the Halacha in Rambam. What about if they come a day late or they don't come and you have to make Rishchidosh day 31, then actually you don't have to say anything. You don't have to be at Mekadosh. It like becomes Mekudosh on its own. The shit of the Mishnah is that you always have to say Mekudosh. The shit of Rebbe Lazar and is you only have to say Mekudosh if it's day 30, not if it's day 31. But there's a third shit. And that's the shit of Rebbe Lazar, the son of Reb Shimon, who says you're never Mekadosh Chadashim. There's no mitzvah to be Mekadosh Chadashim that's not part of the process. You don't have to say it's holy. So he says these people argue with Rebbe Shmuel, they are that shit, and therefore they touch V'Kiddash to Meshnasa Chamishim Shana. Kedush is only for years, not for months. No, you need the A. Yeah, but you don't need the process of saying it's holy. You don't need that process. That's going to be a sugi later on the Dalit, a big machlai. It's not the halacha. Halacha we say Matzudish. According to them, it's not Rosh Hashanah Leyovelis. According to the Rabbanon, it's Yom Kippur. It's Rosh Hashanah Leyovelis. You're right. When he finishes Yom Kippur, Rabbanon. Oh, when Yovel finishes, that's going to be the next piece. The next piece. When does Yovel finish? Right. When does the Pasuk finish? That's going to be the next piece. Very good question. When does Yovel finish? It's a Chamishim, right. But it's a good order. Let's see Mamish now. Right now. We learned another Brice. The Pasuk says, we go now to the next Pasuk. Remember, one Pasuk says 49 years, you count. Pasuk tests in Parshish Bahar, Pedro Cafe, Pasuk test says, Yom Kippur blow Shaifer. Pasuk Yud says, V'kidash to Mishnasa Chamishim Shon, and let everybody go free and send the fields out. Pasuk Yud Aleph repeats, Yoivel hi, Shnasa Chamishim Shon, Atiyah Lechem. 
you just said in Pasuk Yud, you said, the answer is, since it says you should sanctify the 50th year, and Rabbi Shema learned from this that what? Yoival starts on Rosh Hashanah, and Bezdin has to say, it's holy, it's holy, Rosh Hashanah, before Yom Kippur, Yochel, I would think, I would think, just like even though you only blow Shoifer on Yom Kippur, but yet, you start the Kedusha before Yom Kippur. It starts getting holy before. In other words, the ultimate Yoivil starts when Yom Kippur. But Miskadesh is Vaileches Mitchilasa. You have to prepare for the Kedusha. So the Kedusha is a build-up, and it starts before Yom Kippur. So maybe Kach Miskadesh is Vaileches Besaifa. Maybe after the year is over, Yom Kippur, till Yom Kippur of the next year, after Yoivil, the Kedusha continues. And that means for another ten days, you have to follow the Halachas of Yoivil. You're not allowed to work the land. Ba'al tisma. And don't wonder on this strange suggestion to add another 10 days to Yoivel. Sharei meisifin mechoil al kodesh. As we shall see, we have a phenomenon, a reality in Allah where we add from the mundane to the holy, both before the holy day and after the holy day. This is called Toisvis Shabbos, Toisvis Yom Tiv, Toisvis Gnusha. You welcome the holy day earlier and you continue it after. This is called my Sifim Mechayel Maybe by Yoivil we do exactly the same thing. Just like you say, you don't start on Yom Kippur. You start earlier. So maybe you also have to end later. You have to end at the end of the year. And perhaps you can add that Yoivil begins Yom Kippur. So it ends Yom Kippur. It ends Yom Kippur. Ah, you say it starts Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah it starts Mitzat Toisvis. As a Toisvis. Because my Sifim Mechayel but really it starts Yom Kippur. I, it says Shnasa Hamishim. Perhaps it says Shana that you need a full year. This is the question. Talmud Loimar, therefore, the Pasuk says, Yoivil hi Shnasa Hamishim. Even though it already said in Pasuk Yud, Shnasa Hamishim Shana is Yoivil hi. have a new Pasuk next Pasuk Yud Aleph. Yoivil hi Shnasa Hamishim. Meaning, Shnasa Hamishim Atamakadish, Viatamakadish, Shnasa Hamishim Bachas. This is Yoivil. Nothing else is Yoivil. Year 50 is holy. Year 51 is not going to be holy, and therefore, according to Rabbi Shmuel, who says you have to begin Rosh Hashanah, you need a special Pasuk to say, Yoi another Pasuk, Pasuk Yeralev, to tell you that it does not continue to year 51. This is only an explanation for the shit of Rabbi Shmuel. What about the rabbis who don't hold that it starts Rosh Hashanah? They hold that Yoi starts only on Yom Kippur. So if Yoivil only starts on Yom Kippur, it doesn't start on Rosh Hashanah, there's no reason to assume that there's a, two stages here, and just like the Kedusha starts earlier, it should go later. So L'chari, you don't need a Pasuk to tell me that the Yoivil should not continue till Yom Kippur year 51. Because, as Toysva says, you can make even a Kal V'chaymer. Madoch, the year of Yoivil itself is not completely holy. Between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the days are not holy for sure. You're not going to tell me that Yoivil continues to a new year, when even the year of Yoivil itself is not holy. Between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So for sure you're not going to continue it, you're not going to continue it for next year. So what do you need? The second Pasuk, Yoivil hi Shnasach HaMishim Shana, and for the Gemara, and this comes to the question you asked, because this teaches you Shnas HaMishim HaTamayna, V'yatamayna Shnas HaMishim V'achas. Basically, 
you count the year 50, and you don't count also year 51 for the next Yovel. Meaning, the years, the count for Yovel only starts after the year of Yovel. And the year of Shemitah, you're going to have only the seventh year after Yovel. This is year 50. Don't look at it as year 51. What does this mean? This excludes, this negates the view of Rabbi Yehuda. The Amar Rabbi Yehuda says in Masechet Nedarim, Shnas Chamishim Oila Lekan Ulekan. The fiftieth year goes for both counts. Meaning, he holds that Shmita never ends. So you have seven times seven is forty-nine years. Year fifty is the first year of Shmita. Shmita never ends. Shmita never gets interrupted. It's seven, 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 seven. seven. Year 49 is Shemitah. Year 50 is the beginning of the next Shemitah. It's also Yovel. But Yovel is already the beginning of Shemitah, meaning when Yovel finishes, you already have one year of Shemitah, and the next Shemitah is going to be six years later, not seven years later. Huh? Year 50 is year one, then you'll have year 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, and then the next year you have Shemitah. Six years later, not seven years later. That's the Yehuda's shita. Kamash Malan, say the Rabban of the Torah says the law, you don't say this. The number of Yovel starts from the year after Yovel. In other words, you don't say the number starts again from the year of Yovel itself, that's the first year of Shemitah, so therefore it's also the beginning of the next 50 years. The year 50 goes for the last Yovel, and it also becomes part of the new Yovel. Because what is Yovel? Yovel is... 50 yeah. years, so this becomes the new one of the next Yovel, because you started with your Shemitah, that's the Shemitah of Rabbi Yehuda. So we say, no, that's not the case. That's what they hold, that you need this Posset, that what, Yovel hi Shnasa Chamishim Shona, that this is a special Shnasa Chamishim Shona, this is Yovel. Rashi says, Rabbonon, the lo yalpi mevikidashtem shetekadish metchilosa, the lo yitzterich hi, so you don't need a pasuk to negate the end that you don't have for next year. Darshi lehachi shnasa chamishim atamoyne vei atamoyne shnasa yovel shnas chamishim lesoif yovel sha'avar vaachas leminyan yovel haba. Don't look as year fifty as the culmination of the last yovel and number one of the new yovel, the new unit of fifty. No. Year 50 is a self-contained year. It stands in isolation of the Shemitah. Now it finishes. Now year 51 starts a new unit of 50 years. Seven Shemitahs followed by 50. Of course, this makes a whole different calculation. According to Rabbi Yehuda, Yovel is always deleted. It becomes part of Shemitahs. Seven, 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 and you never stop. According to the Chachamim, no, Yovel is a self-contained unit. So the Rabbuna misses 10 days from the year. Yeah, what's with the 10 days? You, you can't work those 10, you no, work those 10 days? No, for Karka you don't work. That's what we explained. Why not? So Rabbuna, it starts on Yom Kippur? Because what starts on Yom Kippur is across some Deroyer Ba'aretz and the returning of the fields. But the din of Avoidus Karka, that comes from a separate Pasuk that says, That says on Shnasa Chamishim, so you don't depend that on Yom Kippur. Mashenke, the din of Cheres, is a Hemshech to Yom Kippur. There is, there is a very interesting Indian here about sending out the slaves. There's a strange Pasuk in Yirmiya that's going to be the Haftarit of Parshas Meshpatim. Yirmiya Lamedalit, speaks about the Nevuah that uh, Hashem tells Yirmiya as follows. Hashem. 
I made a covenant with your fathers on the day I took you out of Mitzrayim. I made a bris with you. That at the end of seven years, beginning of the end of six years, seven years, everybody has to send out their Jewish slaves. There's no such a thing as working them for more than six years. But nobody listened to me. Nobody did this. Everybody kept their slaves forever. And therefore, you didn't, because of this, you didn't keep the covenant, therefore you're going to become slaves. That's the Nevoah in Yermia. So here we have a source that the day you left Egypt, I made a bris that everybody sends out their slaves after six years. When was there such a bris? Parshat Mishpatim, that's after Matan Torah. That's from the Halachas and Harsin. It's not B'yayim, it's Yosem, it's Mitzrayim. So there's a Yerushalmi, a Talmud Yerushalmi, who says that it's a Pasuk in Parshas of Eira. It's a very strange Pasuk. If you remember last week's Parsha, it says that Hashem sends Moshe. So it says, Vayera Vav Yud Gimel. Vaydabra Hashem al Moshe Valaren. Vayitzavim al Bnei Yisrael. Ve'el parei melech Mitzrayim. Lohoitzi is Bnei Yisrael merits Mitzrayim. Hashem commanded Moshe to the Jewish people and to Parai to send the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. I understand he sent them to Parai. What's Vaytzavim al Bnei Yisrael? So the Yerushalmi says, this was Vaytzavim al Bnei Yisrael. When he was going to Parai to tell him, let the Jewish people go, he also went to the Jewish people and he said, let your people go. Let your slaves go. Before he went to Parai. This is what the Yerushalmi said. That's Pshat in Yirmiya. When I, when I took you out of Egypt, I sent Moshe to go to Parai. I made a Christmas bris by Tzavim al Bnei Yisrael. Today called Avadim. So the Mepharshim wonder, where do you have here Shiluach Avadim in the Pasuk? Where does the Yerushalmi come up with such a Chiddush? So the Rekachavah says, it's clearly in the Pasuk. It says, Vayitzavim al Bnei Yisrael, Vel Parai Melech Mitzrayim, Lohoitzi is Bnei Yisrael, Meretz Mitzrayim. Eretz Mitzrayim was a base of Avadim. So he says, he, to- he sends them to the Jewish people, and he sends them to Parai to let the Jews go free. For Parai it meant to let them go free from Egypt, and for the Jewish people it meant... Also, to let the, the Jewish people go out from whatever the base of Adam is. So that's why there was a Christmas bris, that you have to send out Avonim after six years, you have to send them out on Yoiva. The Shaila is, it seems like a little bit of a cynical joke. The Jews are being oppressed. So you come to party, you say, let them go. You come to the Jews and you say, by the way, one day you're going to have slaves. They're, they're, nebuch, they're crushed. They're broken. One day you're going to have a slave and you're going to have to let them go out. It's very strange that this is the time. Mela, when they're free. But now who has Avadim here? They are the Avadim. They are the Avadim. You remember how it feels. You remember how it feels. You tell an employee, when you're going to be a boss... So the Meshech Chachma says, the Meshech Chachma writes, that there were some very wealthy Jews in Egypt. And they were, they had other, they were, he says there were Jews who made a Yad Achas, uh, what we would call in our generation the Kapos. Uh, it didn't work, but they had slaves. And Moshe was telling them to say. Or another, maybe another Pshat is that before you could become free, you have to be able to let other people become free. In other words, somebody who is free allows other people to be free. So this is the condition. Moshe said, I'm going to Pyra. I'm going to set you free. But remember, free people allow other people to be free. Enslaved people need to enslave everybody else as well. That the moment Jews didn't liberate slaves... So it was Mafkiya Gaulas Mitzrayim, and Bemela they became went back 
they were automatically back in Gaulish because that was a tonight in Geula. Condition in Geula is that you have to let others free. The moment they didn't let others free, automatically they weren't free anymore. Okay, let's learn another few lines. I'm going we just said, we just said that in Yiddishkeit we add from Choyl on Kodesh, and that's why you shouldn't get astonished that Yovel could continue after the year is over. Whoever said this? Maybe you're not Moisef Mechel Alakodesh. It's a new word. You're Moisef Mechel Alakodesh. So the Gemara Minola. What's the source? The Tanya we have a Brisa. The Brisa says as a, it says in Parshas Mishpatim. I'll quote the whole pasuk. It's a strange possible. Six days you should work, on the seventh day you should rest. But then he says two things you should rest from. Plowing and harvesting. Now this is strange, because we're talking about here the seventh day of the week. The seventh day of the week, there's Lama Tesmalachas that are forbidden. So why does it say, On Shabbos don't plow and don't harvest. What's pshat? So the Tanoim have an argument. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, this part of the Pasuk was actually said about Shemitah, not about Shabbos. The first half of the Pasuk is, The second half of the Pasuk is talking about the seventh year, not the seventh day. But really, you don't even have to tell me that you're not a plow and harvest on the seventh. It says already clearly in Parshas Bar, it already says in Parshas Bar, Rakiva doesn't mean Kvar already, because this is Mishpatim, this is Bahar. Kvar Nemar means it's just redundant, because we have another Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Bashana Hashri is Shabbos Shabbos and Yilad is Shabbos Lashem, Sod Chaloi Sizra Vichar Machaloi Sizma. You don't plant your field. We have clearly halacha that melachas hakarka are asur and shviyas, and he also speaks about harvesting. Ella, the pasuk teaches me a new word: charish shall erev shviyas hanichnas l'shviyas v'katzir shall shviyas ayotzel lemitzay shviyas. Planting a field of trees erev shviyas, meaning in the sixth year, but it's going to help the fruits that are growing on shviyas. In other words, there was a plowing that had to be done before shmita began. This is what the Torah is prohibiting. And the same is true, harvesting Shviyas, when it goes out to Metzayah Shviyas, meaning you already had grain that grew on Shmita. A third of the grain grew and therefore you can harvest it. But you never harvest it at the end of Shmita. And now you want to harvest it after Shmita. So Rabbi Akiva teaches you, but Charish or Bakatsir Tishbois is telling you a new gather. That there are things you're not allowed to do before Shemitah as a preparation for Shemitah. And there's things you're not allowed to do after Shemitah, even though technically it's after Shemitah, because it's still connected to Shemitah. Here we have a concept of Toysvis Kedusha, that the Apostle clearly tells us, according to Rabbi Akiva, that there's an addition before and there's an addition after. From here you learn the concept that there's an addition before and an addition after. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says, no, the end of the Apostle is also talking about Shabbos. I on Shabbos it's not only plowing and <coughs> harvesting and for Tabishmal to teach you just like we're talking about plowing that is voluntary. What type of plowing are you talking about? It's not a mitzvah to plow a field, it's a voluntary thing. You want to have a field. So that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. Afkotsirishus. We're talking about harvesting that is voluntary. We exclude the prohibition of harvesting the barley. On Tez Zayin Nisan for the Karben Oimer, because if Tez Zayin Nisan is on Shabbos, you're allowed to go and harvest your barley grains on Shabbos. So it says, Becharish Uba Kotzer Tishbois. What type of Kotzer is also on Shabbos? 
a cutser that's just like plowing, meaning it's a voluntary cutser. But that one harvesting, which was a mitzvah, which harvesting? The harvesting of the barley, of the carbonimer. Why do you have to do it on Shabbos? Because, huh? Because it may come out on the second day of Pesach, maybe Shabbos. If Pesach starts Friday, Tezayin Nisan is Shabbos, and you have to harvest it on Shabbos, that is Doicha Shabbos, that's what the Bishmal holds. Because you have to bring the Oymer from the barley that was harvested that day, and therefore it's Doicha Shabbos according to the Bishmal. Zagdi Gemara Vida Bishmal, my Sifin Mechel al Kaidish Minale. How does the Bishmal know this very principle that you add from Chal to Kaidish, which we do Yom Kippur, we do Shabbos? Rabbi Akiva has a Pasuk, according to the Bishmal, what's the source? Nafkale Meditanya. He learns it from a very interesting b'raisa, speaking about Yom Kippur. The Pasuk says in Parshas Acher, let's quote the whole Pasuk. Listen to the Pasuk. Pasuk says, Shabbos, Shabbos, and Hulachem. Yom Kippur is a Shabbos, Shabbos. You should afflict your soul. On the ninth day of the month. Yom Kippur goes from night to night. Yachel Betisha. When you read the Pasuk literally, it seems like you have to fast on the ninth day. It says, V'nisim es nafshay seichem, Betisha b'chaydish la'erev, me'erev ad'erev, tish b'su shabbatchem. So it may sound like, unless you read the Tisha for the next part of the Pasuk, Betisha la'chaydish me'erev ad'erev, but the Pasuk says, V'nisim es nafshay seichem, Betisha la'chaydish, you have to fast on the ninth day. Talmud loyma be'erev. That's why it says, Betisha la'chaydish be'erev, meaning the night after nine. The fasting begins but out of the night after nine. You have to start fasting in the night following day nine. Test Tishrei at night. If it would just say Be'erev, Yochel, Mishetechshach. You would think, okay, wait till it gets dark. In other words, the Pasuk doesn't have to say the ninth day at night. The Pasuk could say, you should start your fast the tenth day from the night. He says, no, then you would think, you wait till it's night. Talmud Loima Betisha. That's why it says the ninth day. They already have to start fasting on the ninth day. Hakate said, how does that work? You can't tell me that it means you fast on the tenth day, but you start the night before, but then you also have to start on the ninth day. The night before is not the ninth day. The answer is, The fasting has to start when it's still day. In other words, before nightfall of Yom Kippur. Malamed, from here you have a source, Shemaisifin Mechoyl al Kaidish. That there's a concept in Torah that Choyl is added to Kodesh. And that itself is a din in Torah, that you add from Choyl to Kodesh. This I know about the beginning of of Yom Kippur. What about when you leave? Talmud Loimar, meaning you have to fast from the beginning of day 10 from the night before until the beginning of the next night. Ad Erev, until the beginning of the next night. You have to fast. In other words, you add Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur also at the end. So when it says Me'erev Ad Erev, it's like Ad Bechlal. Not Me'erev, Ad Erev till the night, but Ad Erev including the next night. You have to continue into the night of Yom Kippur. After sunset, in other words. Ainli, after the night, I'm sorry, after the, after the nightfall of Yom Kippur. After the nightfall of Mitzvah Yom Kippur. Ainli Elabi Yom Kippur. Shabbos is Menayin. How do we know about Shabbos? Talmud Loimar Tishbesu. It says, Now this word, Tishbesu, is superfluous. Could have just said, you should fast. What's the Tishbesu? The Tishbesu teaches me that this is a din in all Shabbos. This is Yom Kippur and Shabbos. What about Yom Toivim that are not Shabbos? Talmud Loima, Tishbesu, Shabbatchem. Shabbatchem is superfluous. This includes Yom Toivim. What do we learn from all of this? Kol Makam Shayesh Boishvus. 
Any time in Torah that the Torah mentions Shavuos, meaning Shvisa, resting, this includes Shabbos, Yom Tif, Yom Kippur, and what else? Shmita, Shmita, my Sifin, my Chol Al Kaidish. You add from Chol to Kaidish. Rabbi Akiva learns it Lechatchila by Shmita, but Charish about Kotzer Tishbes Charish is before, and Kotzer is after. That's where he learns it from. Side before, side after. And Rabbi Shmalut learns that that's for a different din. For Ketir Saimer, he learns that what? Mesif Mechel Lakadus from the Psukim of Yom Kippur, from the Posuk of Yom Kippur. And from there you learn it for Yom Kippur, you learn it from, for Shabbos, you learn it for Yom Tif, And you will therefore apply it to every place with the Shvisa that the Torah wants. You should add a little bit from the time that is mundane to begin the Kedusha before and to continue the Kedusha afterwards. This is the famous Allah of Toysvis, Shabbos, and Yom Tif that we will continue to explore. We're up to Daftes Amud Aleph. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Almost on the bottom, seven lines from the bottom. By the words Rebbe Yakiva, hi. This line starts Mechoil Al Kaidish. By the words after Kaidish is supposed to be you put in a period Rebbe Yakiva. So to summarize the discussion here, the Gemara is now, of course, deciphering the words of the Mishnah. That on the first day of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah Le'yoivlus. At the beginning when the Jubilee year, the 50th year, begins. And of course the Gemara explained that this Mishnah follows the view of Rabbi Yishmael, the son of Rabbi Yechonim Abreka, who maintains that Yoivl does not begin on Yom Kippur. Yoivl begins on the first day of Tishrei on Rosh Hashanah. Even though the Pasuk clearly says in Parshas Bahar that the declaration of Yoivl through the blowing of the Shoifah which is one of the reasons it's called Yoivl, which means a uh, a horn that you blow, because on Yoivl you have to blow Shoifer just like we blow on Rosh Hashanah, but Yoivl you have to do it on Yom Kippur. So uh, the Shoifer blowing was on Yom Kippur, and afterwards the Torah says you blow the Shoifer and you sanctify the year and you liberate all of the slaves and all of the fields go back to their original owners. And then in the next passage it says it's Yoivl and you shouldn't plant and you shouldn't harvest like the halachas of Shemitah. Nonetheless, Mishmol says, Emes. But Yoivl begins on Rosh Hashanah. And between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is somewhat of a limbo state where the slaves are not obliged to do any work for their masters, even though they still spend time in their home, even though they're still at their homes. But they <coughs> celebrate, they eat, they rejoice from Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippur, and then... After Yom Kippur, they are off to their homes. That is his shitty Yom Kippur, they blow shoifer, slaves go home to their original homes, and the fields go back to their masters. Of course, there's another opinion, the opinion of the rabbis who disagree with Rabbi Shmuel, and they believe that Yoivel begins precisely on on Yom Kippur. So the Gemara analyzes both views, and the various psukim, how you explain each of the views. In the middle of that process, the Gemara explained why it says, according to the Bishmal, you should sanctify the 50th year, which seems like an extra pasuk, as we explained, in order to teach you that what? That you have to make the whole year holy, not only from Yom Kippur, but the whole Yovel is holy, although the rabbis use it to teach you something else, and that is you sanctify years and you don't sanctify months because they hold like that single view, which is one unique view by Kiddush HaChaydish, that when it comes to months, you don't have to sanctify the month, which again is not the halacha, but it's one of the views. 
from here the Gemara went into a subject that it goes away, it goes into for a few, uh, for, for a little section and then goes back to Yoivo, which is what we're in the middle. And that is, the Gemara says, why does it have to say, Yoivel he, Shnasa Chamishim Shana Lechem, it already said in a previous passage that it's Yoivo. So he said, you might think that since it starts Rosh Hashanah, even though it really takes root on Yom Kippur, so maybe it also continues after the end of the year for another 10 days till the next Yom Kippur. So that's why it says, <coughs> that it ends at the end of the year, it doesn't continue till the next Yom Kippur. The rabbis, however, who hold that Yoivel only starts Yom Kippur, they don't need a special posseg that Yoivel doesn't continue the next year, because there would be no thought of saying that. What do they use it for? They use it for to teach you the excluding of the view of Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that the 50th year also becomes the beginning of the next Yoivel. In other words, the Shemitahs are never interrupted. It's 7, 7, 7. What was the Hava minute to think, even, that Yoivel could extend after the end of the year? Because my Sifr Mechel HaKadosh. There's a concept in Allah that we add from the weekday to the holy days. So here the Gemara is discussing where we ever have a source for that and why we do it. Lepoyal, we do it. We do it on Shabbos. There's something called Tois for Shabbos. That you add before Shabbos begins, you don't start doing malach a little before Shabbos. Something called Toysvis Yom Tif, the same thing. There's something called Toysvis Yom Kippur. By Yom Kippur, it's not only not doing malach, it's also fasting. Yeah? And there's something called Toysvis Teshmita, which is before and after Shmita. What's the source of this concept? Why should you even add? When Shabbos comes, Shabbos comes. Now, don't confuse this with the concept of Shkia. The Mishnah Ruru brings this out in, in Hilcha Shabbos. Once sunset comes, we stop doing all malach on Friday. Even though it's not nightfall, Shabbos starts at nightfall, not at sunset. The problem is that the time between sunset and nightfall is known as Ben Hashmashas, and we're not sure what that is. There's a whole sugya about Ben Hashmashas. What is it? It's a Suffolk Yoim, it's a Suffolk Laila, maybe a combination of both. But Ben Hashmashas is a time of limbo, and since we don't have our finger on it exactly, so there may be that the moment sunset comes, what we call Shkia, whenever Shkia is, say 5.15 p.m. is Shkia, even though it's not nightfall yet, stars didn't come out, and it's not dark yet, and it's not the official time of Mayrif, but nonetheless, we stop everything because it's a Suffolk Laila. It's a Suffolk Laila, and Sveika Deiraisi, you go, L'chumra, but that's not Tois with Shabbos. That's a Chiv of Shabbos, because if it's night... If Ben Hashmashas is night, you're not going to do malach. It's not you're not adding to Shabbos. Tois for Shabbos is a chiddush. My sifim may choil ala kaidish. A time that's actually choil, you add from choil to kaidish. That's the chiddush. In other words, sometime before, sometime before shkia, you add. That's called the mitzvah of Tois for Shabbos and Tois for Yom Tov and Tois for Yom Kippur and Shmit. How do you know this? So this was an interesting machlokes brought between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Akiva said, you learn to, Rabbi Akiva says, you learn it from a Pasuk and Mishpatim where it says you should work six days. On the seventh day you should rest. You should rest from plowing and harvesting. Rabbi Akiva says it's not talking about Shabbos because Shabbos you have to rest for much more than plowing and harvesting. You have another 37 malachas that you're not allowed to do besides plowing and harvesting. You're resting from a lot more than those two. You're also resting from cooking and from baking and from from selecting and etc., threshing and so forth, carrying. So therefore, Rebbe Kiva says, this part of the Pasuk is actually talking about Shemitah. Shemitah, you're allowed to do Malachim throughout the year, it's not Shabbos. 
but plowing and harvesting you don't do. But it already says by Shemitah you don't do those two. So this Pesach is teaching you about plowing before Shemitah and harvesting after Shemitah. That's the view of Rabbi Akiva, and from here he learns the concept of Maisifim Mechel HaKadosh, Becharish or Bekotzer Tishbais. Rabbi Shmuel says, no, the meaning over there is to teach you that what is a harvest that is mutter on Shabbos, which is the harvest of the Karben Oimer, the night of Tazayin Nisan, the night after the first night of Pesach, the night after the first day of Pesach. If it's Shabbos, you're still allowed to harvest the Oimer. If so, how does Rabbi Shmuel know the concept of Meisifim Echel HaKadosh? He knows it from Sukkim about Yom Kippur. By Yom Kippur it says, you should afflict your soul, it's a very strange Pasuk, on the ninth day of the month at night. From night to night, Tish B'Su Shabbat. Now of course, we know that Yom Kippur is already on the tenth day of the month. It says clearly in Parshas Acher Emais that Yom Kippur is on the tenth day of the month. So why would the Pasuk say... It says a famous in Parshas Achrimos, Ach Ba'asr Lachaydish Ashri Yazay Yom Kippur Vinisimus Nafshesech. So you can't argue that Yom Kippur is the ninth day of the month. So when it says you should fast Vinisimus Nafshesech Betisha Lachaydish, what will you think? Oh, maybe it's a two-day fast. Wow, this is an interesting concept. Maybe you have to fast two days. So the pasuk says Ba'erev, the ninth of the day. I need you to fast at night, not on the ninth. The ninth at night. In other words, Maitzoyah the ninth, because Yom Kippur's fast begins the night before. If so, if it says, Ba'erev, you would think, start when it's dark. Start, so he says, no, Betisha Lachaydash. Could have just said fast the whole tenth day, including the night. No, you have to start on the ninth. How do you start on the ninth? This is the concept of Toysvis Yom Kippur. Maisif and Machel Lachaydash. Start a little before the night. Start Betisha. But Erev, if it wouldn't say Erev, you would think you have to fast the whole ninth day. You would have to fast two days. It would be interesting how that would look, huh? <laughs> Today I'm Kippur fast. So thank God. <laughs> thank God. It says Erev. So therefore, Levitzak Abaditchev used to say that he doesn't know why it has to say in Torah that you're not allowed to fast Yom Kippur. And why it has to say in the Nevi'im that you have to fast on Tisha B'av. He says Tisha B'av Ver kenes essen on Yom Kippur ver vil essen Yom Kippur who wants to eat and Tishabov who can eat so he doesn't understand why you need Pesukim to tell you that Yom Kippur you're not allowed to eat who wants to eat on Yom Kippur it's such an opportunity for Dveikos you know it's like the Chassan and the Kal in the Yichud room even though they're fasting they're not hungry because they're excited so he says who wants to eat Yom Kippur and Tishabov who could eat but Anoshim Kerkein who are capable of eating both Yom Kippur and Tishabov. So the Pasuk says, Ba'erev, it has to be at night, and yet the ninth, because you Moisef Mechel HaKadosh. And not only when your Kippur comes in, also when your Kippur comes out, May Erev Ad Erev, until the next night, including the next night. Tishbesu includes Yom Tif, Shabbatchem includes, uh, Tishbesu includes Shabbos, Shabbatchem includes Yom Tif. Whenever there's a concept of Shavis, there's a concept of Moisef Mechel HaKadosh. Rabbi Akiva didn't need these Pesukim, because Rabbi Akiva already learned it from Bacharish or Bacharish Tishbis. So the Gemara now continues with Rabbi Akiva, according to Rabbi Akiva, who teaches you that you Yemaisif Mechayla Lakaydish, and how do you learn it out? You learn it out from the Pesukim, from the Pasuk. Bacharish or Bacharish Tishbis, you should rest from plowing and harvesting. What does Rabbi Akiva do with this superfluous Pasuk? You should afflict your soul on the ninth day of the month. According to Rabbi Shmuel, 
It's a big pasuk. It teaches you Toysvis Yom Kippur. You start on the ninth again, ninth closer to the evening, a little before Shkia. But uh, according to the Bakiva, what do you do with this pasuk? There's no need for it. Again, we don't need this pasuk to teach us when Yom Kippur is. It already says. In Parchas Achir Emayis, Pedek Chav Gimel, Pasuk Chav Zayin, the tenth day is Yom Kippur, and you should afflict your soul. This is a few psukim later, where suddenly there's a new date, the ninth of the month at night. And for the Gemara, Mi Ba'ilei, Rabbi Akiva needs it. Look at the Tani Chiyabarav Midifti. Rabbi Akiva believes that this pasuk is needed to teach us what has been taught by Chia, the son of Rav, from a place called Difti. Chia, the son of Rav, from a place called Difti. Taught a he was one of the Tanoim, and he teaches a very interesting halacha based on this pasuk. And Rabbi Akiva embraces this view. Of course, Rabbi Shmuel would not, because Rabbi Shmuel needs the pasuk to teach me Tosfos Yom Kippur. What's this? What's this limut? This is a very famous limut that we all grow up with. The Nisim es Betisha. You should afflict your soul on the ninth day of the month at night. Do we fast on the ninth day? We fast on the tenth day. How does he know? Again, because a few psukim earlier it said, So, unless you have here a clear paradox, which is unacceptable because we don't know what to do, or you tell me we have to fast two days, the ninth and the tenth, you know, it happened once, right, when the Jews were stuck in Japan by the Second World War. So because Japan is, you have to cross the international date line, there's always a question, when do you celebrate the Yom Tov? So they sent a telegram to Eretz Yisrael to find out. And there were two shittas by the Rabbonim. There was a shit of Yerushalayim Rabbonim, there was a shit of the Chazaynish in Bnei Brak. Different fast days for Yom Kippur. So I think it was the Amshin of a Rebbe who fasted two days. He fasted two days in Kippur, they Kippur say. Kippur Shabbos. Huh? Shabbos every week, you have to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Shabbos, okay. In Kippur is fasting two days. You don't do malacha for two days. Shabbos two days? They didn't do malacha. That's a different thing. But in Kippur, what are you going to do? You're going to eat? So whatever, it was a very interesting thing. So I think they say that he fasted like two days then. I'll call upon him. So, what's pshat? to teach you an interesting Somebody who eats and drinks on the ninth day of Tishrei to prepare himself for the fast. The Torah, the pasuk, considers him as though he fasted on the ninth day and on the tenth day. That's why it doesn't say you should eat on the ninth day. If you would say you should eat on the ninth day, it would say, okay, eat on the ninth day. It says you should fast on the ninth day. But it doesn't mean you should fast on the ninth day. It says you should fast on the tenth day. And you should fast on the ninth day at night. So why did it say fast on the ninth day? <coughs> to teach me that what you have to do on the ninth day is you have to eat on the ninth day to prepare for the fast. In other words... In order to be able to fast on day 10, I need to eat on day 9, so I should have the energy and the stamina. So why doesn't the Torah say? The Torah wants to say, oh, prepare for the fast. Prepare for the fast, eat on the fast. Because the Torah wants to say something else. That it's not stama din of hechsher mitzvah. In order to fast on Yom Kippur, you have to eat on the ninth day. 
the eating of the ninth day becomes a gedr of a tainus. It becomes a mitzvah of a tainus, so to speak. By eating on the ninth day, I'm not just preparing for the tenth day. It has the same gather of Yom Kippur. And not only that, uh, because it's Goyim Yom, no, no, Yom Kippur. Oh, the Inu of Yom Kippur. Eat, the more you eat, the, <laughs> the harder it is, he's saying. Yeah, yeah, the harder it is to fast. Right. So let's see Rashi. The last Rashi Tessamad Aleph. The Hachi Kamakra. You should fast on this ninth. So, Achilas Tisha Inui. Interesting expression. The eating of the ninth day, I'm calling. I doesn't mean Rashi. I means Torah. Ani Hashem Koyre says, I call this affliction. What does eating have with affliction? Oh, Zakrashi, if that's Pshat. If Achila is called Inui, so they call the Mefish Bachil or Siyat Feyadif. The more you eat, the more you drink, the more you're fasting. The more you fast, the less you're fasting. The more you eat, the more you're fasting. Because the Achil is called Inui. The Inui is not called Inui, the Achil is called Inui. So the more you eat, the more you're fasting. The Hamidakama Ba'erev. Since it says Ba'erev al Karkachlay Makbida Inui the Tish. What is Rashi saying? Maybe, maybe the Torah means to fast two days. I don't understand. Why can't it be? It says fast, fast. You don't like that you fast two days? Okay. <laughs> So it doesn't, it's not a comfortable mitzvah. Fasting one day is also not a comfortable mitzvah. But it says Ba'erev. So you can't tell me you have to fast the ninth day. So then the question is, if it says Ba'erev, we know that you don't maybe fast. Maybe it means Ba'erev the, the ninth and the ninth when, when the ninth starts. You mean the night before? Yeah. So you don't only want a two-day fast. You want a two nights and two days fast. Yeah. <coughs> I would say that the Pashtos, since it says Vinisimus Nafshesechim, Betisha Lachoidesh and then Ba'erev, rather than the other way around, in other words, the Erev follows the Tisha Lachoidesh, so therefore, the literal explanation would be the ninth day at night. Like, if I tell you, uh, Sunday at night, right? Sunday at night, so it's the night after the Sunday. Yeah, Pashtos. Everybody understands when you're talking the English calendar, when you're talking the Hebrew calendar, if somebody says, Shab, you know, Shabbos by night, what does that mean? You mean, well, no, you would say Lel Shabbos, you would say the night of Shabbos. Friday night is called the night of Shabbos. Or Friday night, like in English, the night after Friday. The night of Shabbos. So since it's Betisha Lachoydish, Ba'erev, it's the ninth of the month, and you go to the night. So therefore, that he's not considering. What is the question then? Why do you say fast then? So you have to eat. So if you have to eat, then we understand why you have to eat, to prepare. So why are you calling it fasting? To teach me that there's a special Indian in eating. It's not stam, you're eating, so you should have koyach. There's a mitzvah in eating, and it's like the mitzvah of fasting. That's what I just said. But it's interesting. The Gemara doesn't just say that kala oichel b'chi, maila lava kosov ke'ilu hisana ba'asiri. Right? You see the deal here? The eating Edevim Kippur is considered like you fasted Edevim Kippur and you fasted Yom Kippur. It doesn't say the, the fasting of the 10th and the eating of the 9th is equivalent. Here's a mitzvah to eat, here's a mitzvah to fast. It says even more than this that the eating on Edevim Kippur has the gather of Kehilu Isana, not only Bichi. 
but also B'chiva city. In other words, it's like a two-day fast. <laughs> you fasted on the ninth day and you fasted on the tenth day. That's the mile of Achilles Yom Kippur. Of, I mean, Erev Yom Kippur. Erev Yom Kippur, yeah. Toysvus writes here, you see, Kilu is on city. Kiloimar, what does this mean? Kiloimar, Kemoyshe Tzivoa Kadosh Baruch Hu It's compared as though Hashem told you to fast on the ninth day. That's what he said, fast on the ninth day. But what he means is to eat. But it's like he told you to fast, V'Yisana, and you fasted. Avol, Toysvus says, does this mean, let's say somebody says, okay, I want to fast. <laughs> I want to do the real thing. I don't want to do the fake thing. I'm talking going to fast. I want to fast two days. I'm not good. I don't want a ki'ilu. I don't want a mile of a cost of ki'ilu. I want the real thing. So Toysfu says, no, aval hashto now. He says, vade oser Now the poil, you're not allowed to eat. Why you're not allowed to eat? I mean, you're not allowed to fast, sorry. You can't, this way you get three days. <laughs> now, say now we get three days. Yeah, exactly. Now you get three days. You have a city and you have chi and a city. Yeah. yeah. He would fast literally a whole year, every day of the year. He would fast. I mean, I guess he would eat at night. Levar, besides a few days, Atzarta, Atzaris is Shavuos, Purya, Purim, a mitzvah to eat, Umayla Yoymede Kippuri, Umayla Yoymede Kippuri means the day before Yom Kippur, is the Chakliya Gemara, that you're not allowed to fast out of Yom Kippur. We'll see in a moment. We'll see in a moment. We'll see in a moment. It's brought that if the tainus is an oinig, if the tainus is an oinig for you, then that's your oinig. No, the mitzvah of Shabbos is not to eat. The mitzvah of Shabbos is to have an enjoyable Shabbos. It happens to be that unfortunately we associate enjoyment with food. Because we learn at a very young age that uh, food is the source of enjoyment. But, uh, huh? Second, if, yeah? if he holds a tzonig, then what was the mile of the fasting? By him. Yeah. No, a different type of oinig, obviously. If it's not inoid, then there's no tapos. I guess a different type of oinig. You know, there's oinig and there's oinig. So he says, <coughs> so he wouldn't fast in Yom Kippur. Oh, uh, this is, I'm sorry, out of Yom Kippur, yeah. So he says, V'sava l'kareb akiva. He holds like Rabbi Akiva that what? That Toysvis Yom Kippur you learn from Becharish or Bekatsir Tishbas. So V'nisimus Nafshaseichim B'chi means it's a mitzvah to eat. The Ike Rabbi Shmuel, that's Lehaf Drosh. If this Amayda would hold like Rabbi Shmuel, he wouldn't have this Drosh that if you fast on the ninth, it's like eating, it's like, it's a, again, if you eat on the ninth, it's like eat, it's, if you eat on the ninth, it's like fasting Shiva City. Because Rabbi Shmuel uses it from a Sif So therefore, he wouldn't agree. Elamai, you have to say he holds like Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara, Bahachi Niche, this will answer. Tzaktaisis, this will answer a question. Hadalei Kamer Hasam. The Gemara doesn't say Hakel Moedim Ba'arvi Yim Kipper to be in and Nami Lachem Kedamer Hasam Atzeres. The Gemara brings a famous Machleikah between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yeshua. We learned it also in Beitza. If Be'inan, if Chetzi Lachem, Vechetzi Lachem, Kulei Lachem, Kulei Lachem, is there a mitzvah to celebrate Yom Tov through eating and drinking? 
or it's a choice. You could go kulei l'ashem. So there's a machlokes, but it says hakol moedim ba'atzeres to be in and nami lechem. Shvuas everybody is moed that you need time for lechem. In other words, to eat and drink. So Taisu says the chayyut the gemara should say there's one more day that hakol moedim. Edavim kipper v'nisim es nafshei seichem, which doesn't mean you should fast. It means you should eat. Is the charei that it's not hakol moedim? Why? Because the bishmol doesn't bechlal agree that you use the psukim for this concept. He has a different reason. V'nisim es nafshei seichem betisha teaches me you have to start fasting on the ninth day, not on the tenth day. Kipshutah. That's why we don't say hakol moedim. How do we touch the word inui to mean eating? Yeah, You're saying it's so strange. How's it, how's it laying in the word? Yeah, but because it's a preparation for the inui. And whenever I'm doing something to prepare for something else, the hachana assumes some of the qualities of that which I'm preparing for. Since I'm eating for inui, so therefore the achila has that gather. It's a gather of Yom Kippur. Has a gather, but as though you would say, it's just a hechsher. You have to eat. Take a fast. He says, no, no, no. Thus is the inu. Where he, would they bring this? Would you say? Shama, which is, which is he talking about? Yeah, he said, Fakir. Nefesh and Neshama, which means? Nefesh and Yuk. Nefesh and Neshama. Nefesh and Neshama. Nefesh and Neshama. I think Mr. Burr does bring down something. It does bring down. Yeah, it's not yeah. Inu. He is just four fasting. I know, yeah, I know. Makes it hard. That's the Inu. That's the Inu. Okay, so now we're done with my sit This was brought in in order to explain the Hava minute that Yoiva would continue, which we rejected. It doesn't continue. Even though my sit Mechel El Allah when it comes to Shemitah, when it comes to Shabbos, when it comes to Yom Tov, and when it comes to Yom Kippur, and, uh, and we're Moisif. We're Moisif, we're Moisif both in terms of uh, Malacha. We don't do malacha, and in terms of inu, when it comes to Shabbos and Yom Tif, of course, there's no hisof in inu because Shabbos and Yom Tif we eat. But the toys for Shabbos is not to start doing malacha a little before shkia. Can we walk in the field between Rosh uh, and Kippur according to Rabbanu? Yoivu? Yeah. No, working in the field you don't. But they But not when it comes to working the field. That's only working of the field is a separate pasuk, so that everybody is made to start Rosh Hashanah. The question is about the slaves and the other things. The fields going back to the owner. Even according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's not completely Rosh Hashanah. The, the, the slaves just have a, a limbo uh, state. According to Rabbana, no, you could work your slave till Erev Yom Kippur. Erev Yom Kippur is the final date of working the slave. And then Yom Kippur, it's all over. The game is over. Now comes a very interesting question. Can we stop Yoivo? Is Yoivo something that depends on human initiative? Or is Yoiva like Shabbos? It's tough luck. Shabbos comes, you're ready, you're not ready. No Jewish household is ever ready for Shabbos. There's no such a thing. Shabbos could come in 4 o'clock p.m. Shabbos could come in 3 o'clock after 3 p.m., like in, in some parts of Russia. And Shabbos could come in 8.30 p.m. You never saw a house that's ready for Shabbos. Besides a few people, maybe Yechidei Zgulu, that finish Shabbos Thursday night, and then they spend Shabbos taking a walk. End of Shabbos taking a walk. Because Shabbos is always, that's, that's almost the gathering of Shabbos, right? That you're not ready. 
You never fully done everything. There's always something to do, but Shabbos comes. The question now is Yoival is the same thing. The year comes, the year comes. You're not ready. You're not ready. But the Gemara is going to say maybe it's not that way. Since there's many mitzvahs that the Torah says what to do by Yoival, the question is does, does Yoival ultimately depend on us? What are the three things? The Torah says in Parshas Bar, and I'm going to go now to Psukim because the Gemara is going to be Medayik and everything. Again, it's the beginning of Parshas Bahar. After we learn the Allahis of Shmita, we come to the Allahis of Yoivah. The Torah says, and I quote, Parshas Bahar, Perik, Chafhei, three psukim deal with Yoivah. Tes, Yud, and Yud Aleph. Pasuk Tes says, Vavartim Tshoifer Trua Bachayda Shashvi, that basically you have to blow, I don't know if you have the psukim on the right or the left, Torah or Rashalim, Vavartim Tshoifer Trua Bachayda Shashvi, on the 50th year, after you count 49 years, and then it doesn't say 50th yet. Yom Kippur, you blow Shoifer. Everywhere in the whole land. Next. Pasuk Yud. You have to sanctify that year and make everybody free. Yoival he. Now we learn that it's Yoival. First it tells me you liberate all the slaves, and then it tells me all the fields go back to their owners, and each man goes back to his family. Now we come to the next Pasuk. Again, Yoivalhi, Mamish a second time, Yoivalhi, you see completely, complete redundancy. Again, which is exactly what you told me a Pasuk earlier. And now you introduce a third mitzvah. No harvesting. Those are the three Pasukim of Yoivalhi. It says, In the second Pasuk, Now obviously, this, these words are unnecessary. You told me already you blow Shoifah and Yom Kippur. You told me already it's the 50th year and you have to sanctify the 50th year. Next Pasuk you're going to say it's Yoival and it's the 50th year, which is again a second redundancy. But this is redundant. What are you adding? You told me, tell me it's a holy year, and tell me the halachas of the year. You gave it a name. Yoival hi tiyalachem. So the Gemara learns out from here that Yoival hi tiyalachem is trying to teach you that this is Yoival automatic. Automatically it's Yoival. Yoival, this is the year of Yoival. In other words, irrelevant of how much you're ready and what you do. What does this mean practically? Afal <coughs> pishaloy shamtu. People say, I'm not giving back fields. Shamtu means uh, allow, release. Shmita means release. I'm not releasing fields. I bought a field from you. I'm not giving it back to you. We're not blowing Shaifa on Yom Kippur. So despite the fact that we didn't do these two things, it's Yoival. What about if they don't send away the slaves? It's still Yoival. And therefore we're still not allowed to do work in the field. So here's a big chiddush of this shit. Talmud loymar he. It doesn't say only yoivel. Yoivel he. What's yoivel he? Yoivel he means she is yoivel. That always sounds like there's an exclusion. She is yoivel. But not every yoivel is yoivel. She is yoivel. In other words, only if you also emancipate the slaves does it become yoivel. If not, it's not yoivel. In other words, the Easter on Avaitas Karkam working the field. Is not chal. 
Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, this is a Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda. Now the question is, how far does this Chiddush go? What's the Seder in the Pesukim? The Seder of the Pesukim is, Shoifer is one, Pasuk Tess. He doesn't forget, Hashulishon too. Oh. So does he have that first, as opposed to... As opposed to Taku? Right. It doesn't look like it is. The Pashtus, because uh, the first one is much more likely. <laughs> it's called real estate. Maybe Pashtus. It's much more like Rabbi Yosi Yomer. Rabbi Yosi says I disagree. Yoivali. It says Yoival, meaning it's Yoival regardless. Afal pishalay shamtu. You didn't release the fields. Afal pishalay shilchu. And you didn't emancipate the slaves. Yachal afal pishalay taku. What if you didn't blow shayfer? Talmud loymar he. Again, exclusive. She is Yoival. But another one is not Yoivel. Why? If they didn't blow Shaifer, Yoivel doesn't take root. So we have here a huge machleik between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosi. Rabbi Yehuda says it's about the slaves. If Jews decide we're not letting out the slaves, they uproot Yoivel. Everybody has to do that? Oh, that's the question. What if you have one Yid? I mean, it's the Hostachag, you have a big nation. One guy decides not to release the slaves. So it would be a psashtikal pellet to say that Mamish, the whole Yoivel. The Gemara is not clear about what the shit, there's going to be a third shit that we'll soon see, the shit of the Rabbanon, which is what the Rambam Paskin is. But what's Pshat in Rabbi Yehud? Yeah, but the question is, does it work? Does it work? In the Paskin it says, No, it says he. No, no, Yoival he, Yoival he. That's why I said he. He, 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 Yoival he, not who. Friend the Gemara, what's the what's the svarasa machlokes? Why are the Bhudan Bessi arguing about the stam? What's the stam to make an argument? He says like this. Now he's explaining the Bhudan. Let's see Rashi before we get to the explanation. Let's see Rashi. Zak Rashi. Yoivul he, yoivul afal gav shelo shamtu, yoivul he tielachem. Well, El Menekzi before it says vavartim shayfer begedash to mishnas achemishim shana krasim dre. This is superfluous. It's for a drush. Whenever you have a superfluous uh, pasik or a few words, it's always for a drush. Right? That's the biggest side in Gemara. This is how you have to darsh. Don't depend it on anything. It's yoivel, it's yoivel, it's yoivel. Right? That's it. Mikal maka, meaning under all situations, all circumstances. Even if he didn't do the following things, no return it to the owner. Right after this pasuk, it says you have to return back the fields, and you don't. It's name of yoyv. What does this mean practically? You're not let a plant. You're not let a harvest. Ptsiro, ptsiri, and I let harvest vines or, or harvest, gra- uh, harvest grain. Kedixiv loy sizru. That remains independent. Yachal afapish loy shalcho avadim yeh yoivel. Talmud loymar he. Imasis advarim alalu he yoivel. Vim lav ene yoivel. Ulakame mefadish vi yoivel. My chazid atalabikriyaz dr. Why does he make yoivel dependent on that one thing? So now Rabbi Yossi is going to explain his position. Remember, what's Rabbi Yossi's position? That it all depends on Shaifer. Rabbi Yehuda's position is it all depends on emancipating slaves. So the Gemara, Rabbi Yossi says, Since one Pasuk increases and one Pasuk decreases, meaning 
One part of the Pasuk teaches you to include and make Yoivel under all circumstances. That's called being Marbe. Yoivel Tiyolachem tells you, Yoivel is always Yoivel. But one Pasuk tells you, no, 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 there are conditions. One Pasuk decreases Yoivel. It makes Yoivel smaller. Memayit, how? That's the Yoivel heat. So, so now I have to choose. One Pasuk teaches me that Yoivel is always Yoivel. One word in the Pasuk teaches me that Yoivel is not always Yoivel. So now I have to choose which one is vital and which one is not vital. Why do I choose Shoifer to be more important than sending out slaves? Why? Both are mitzvah said in the Torah. In fact, Shoifer is said first, and then it says to send out slaves. And then it says, Yoivel hi tiyelechem. So why are you choosing this over this? And fit Rabbi Theoretically, we can hope for a time that slavery will be abolished. And therefore, there could be a world in which you can imagine that there's no slaves and you don't have to send out slaves. It's not like slavery is essential to society. On the contrary, it happened to be that Jews bought slaves. We're talking about Jewish slaves because they were poor. They were poor. A guy stole, for example. He didn't have what to pay. So he would sell, or even not Gnevi, he just wanted to sell himself because he was direly poor and he couldn't bring bread on the table. So it wasn't such a bad deal. You sold yourself as a slave for six years. The owner had to support your wife and all of your children, including pay for tuition and pay for all of their expenses, pay for heating bills and everything else. And you worked for him, okay? It's not a geshmaka life because you're a servant. You don't own yourself for six years. But after six years, you go out. And if not six years, you go out. But you, you can imagine a world without shiluach avodim. It's not a you need avodim in the world for character. The concept of avdus is not a, a uh, praiseworthy concept in Chumash, right? That's why you have to pierce his hair, right? Chazal say, Oizen Shishama, Alhar Sinai, Avadai Haim. You heard that you're my servant and you went and you sold yourself as a slave to somebody else, that ear should be pierced. And even though the Torah allows it and sanctions it, but it's very ambivalent about it. Never liked the institution. Why? It's a very interesting idea because Judaism does not believe in people being slaves to other people. <coughs> the full capacity of a person can only come out when he's free. When people are enslaved, even if your owner is a very good guy, he's a benign guy. Remember the Gemara says... That when you have a Jewish slave, he's like an Odin. You have to treat him like a master. You have to treat him better than you treat yourself. So he's not mamish a slave like, you know, you think about in the South, uh, what they did with slaves. I mean, it was horrific. Are you familiar with uh, slavery here in the United States? I mean, it was one of the very evil, evil institutions how they used to treat those slaves. Huh? Twelve years a slave. And, uh, and it was very cruel. Uh, by by, by in Yiddishkeit, it's not so simple. You know, there were, there were masters, they would maim, they would maim a part of the body of the slave, because slaves would run away. But if you have a wound, so it's like a simon. So the Torah says in Parashat Mishpatim, you do this to your slave, he goes free. So Torah made a lot of institutions to protect the institution of slavery. But despite that, the very concept that somebody else owns me does not allow for the full human realization of potential. What did it mean then, the ever, um, a Jewish slave... Because really, you're just getting hired. You're right. So, no, so what made him a slave? But it means 
that quit. it's not nine to five. Couldn't quit and say I want to. But you could sell your, you could sell yourself to work more than nine to five. You're right. Day. You're right. You're right. You're right. In the chanam. The word, the word, sla- the word slave is not really probably the best term. It's a I guess servant, but it's day and night, and it's six years without interruption. You get paid for it, and your family gets supported. It's even better than today. Your wife, your wife gets paid. Why we call it a slave, not a job? Call it a job. So then, why we say that every job? Because it's a shibut on your guf. It's not just a shibut on your time. If I work for you, I go home. I don't know you till tomorrow morning. I don't have to deal with you. I mean, today with emails, you have to work for people twenty-four hours a day. If you don't answer an email three o'clock in the morning, it's already uh, they get upset at you. But Rishonim Ketikunan, I leave my job. I don't know you. Tomorrow morning, I'll come back to you. Here, it's a shibud. First of all, on me, and second of all, twenty-four hours a day, both in terms of time and in terms of. But you're right. In terms of practicality, it's not like the guy. You can marry you to a shikta. Huh? You can do whatever you want. Shivcha knaynes, you mean? Not a shivcha knaynes. That's 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 the that's the real thing. You can have children from you, and and uh, only only if you're not a bachelor. Only if you're a bachelor, he can't. right? If you're a bachelor, he can't. Okay. So now, so Rabbi Yossi says you can have a world without slaves. Fakarik will be a nice world, but can't tell me there'll be a world without kia shayfer. In other words, at least there'll be one shayfer in the world. It's possible that no Jew has slaves. So what do you do on Yovel? What do we do on Yovel? Nothing. If you make Yovel dependent on slavery, at least it's Shaykh Torah is saying, Yovel is dependent on something. Nobody has a slave. Okay, so there's no Yovel. But Shoifer will always be. There's going to be one Shoifer in the world. You can, even if there's a shortage of Shoiferists, you can find <coughs> Shoiferists. So when I have to ask, what should Yovel be dependent on? We have to make the choice. Chazal. Torah is, is ambiguous. What should I choose? Should I make Yovel dependent on something that theoretically may never be? Not never. May one year not be. In fact, it's something we even hope for. Or I should make it dependent on something that is always there. So I make it dependent on Shoifer. That's what he's using his own Svada. Rashi says, Nobody needs to be sent home. There's no slave. Why is there no slave? Everybody is rich. Everybody is successful. Nobody is stealing. And even if you steal, you have money to pay back. So there's no evidence. I mean, to say that every single animal that has a horn that you could use is gone is, is, is very strange. So when Torah made Yovel indispensable, it made it dependent on something that is muhrach, that is, if without this there's no Yovel, I'm going to choose that which is always available. That's Rabbi Yossi Svara. Another thing says, I could make Yovel dependable on something that yet yet every guy in the world says, you know what, I'm not sending away my slaves. Better to make it dependent on something that Bezdin can deal with. This is not Masur Bezdin can emancipate the slaves. Owners have to emancipate the slaves. In other words, Bezdin could make sure that there's a blowing of the Shoifer. But when it comes to mitzvah shaloh chavadim, it's up to individuals. Hefker, bezdin, hefker. You can ask stronger that the Torah makes it 
It's not because, like, the Koyach of Bezdin is the Koyach of Torah, right? It's not Bezdin has their own Koyach. The Koyach of Torah tells somebody that you have to emancipate your slaves. And if you don't do it, Yoival is not going to happen. I, Torah, could say, it's Yoival, he's not your slave anymore. Torah doesn't say that. You have to declare emancipation for your avodim. To the point that Yoival, he without it, it may not be Yoival. So he says, therefore, I'm not going to choose that one. I'll say, you don't do it, you don't do it. But Shoifer, I'm going to choose because that's Masul Abezdin. But you get based on the power of his private Let's say Bezdin does that, but he didn't let him go home. But he didn't let him go home. So legally, he's free. It's even have better than Bezdin. God said that he's free. I have even better than Bezdin. God says. And nonetheless, but I say no. Right. So you're doing directly what you can't do indirectly. You're saying God can do it, but Bezdin can't do it. They, no, they could do it, but the guy is still working for me. I didn't do it. Uh, what do you mean he's still working for us? How do they enforce it? They go. They take the. They, they hire officers of the court to go take the guy out of his shoes. Okay. So if they do that and they get every evidence out, fine. You're good. So you're saying because of the. But you understand that that's a shtickle schlep, right? You know that America had a civil war with 600,000 dead over this? Why didn't Lincoln send Besden? I understand, but let me ask you a point. It's because they can't do it automatically. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Very well. Civil war we had over this, over this question. They're still fighting it today. Yes, yes. So that's the vart. Mashenk and Shoifer is much simpler. You take a Shoifer, make it a blos. So Rabbi Yaisi says, which one am I going to choose? Of course you choose this. Why does he need a second reason? The, the question is interesting. He gave one reason. We don't need a second reason. It's impossible. There won't be at least one Jew who will have a Psanevet. It's very unlikely. So that's why I give a second reason. Rabbi gave a good reason. Two reasons why he depends it on Shoifer, not on Avadim. Number one, Shoifer is always available. And number two, this is for Bezdim. This is for Bezdim. However, why does Rabbi Yehuda make this issue? What does Rabbi Yehuda say? That it depends on emancipation, not on Shaifer. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you the reason of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda is following Svara. I'm following the Pasuk. Read the Pasuk, he says. I'm following the Pasuk. Let's remember, remember the structure of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, you should blow Shaifer on the Yom Kippur of that year. The next Pasuk says, you should sanctify the 50th year, and you should emancipate slaves. And right after that it says, Yoival he. Emancipate slaves, Yoivali. And then after that it says, bring the fields back to the owner. Now the question is, which one would you choose? So Rabbi Yossi says, Amar Kra, Ukrasim Dreir Ba'aretz. You should release. Dreir means you should declare freedom. 
in the land, in the country, right? This this is the sign on the on the on the Liberty Bell, Pennsylvania. You should free the slaves on Yavu. The mitzvah of blowing shofar says in a previous pasuk. The mitzvah of returning the field says afterwards because sovereign of Yudol's mikna nidrish lefan of aloy The pasuk should be expounded on what it says right before, not what it says before. Before it says, you should blow shofar. You should emancipate slaves. Yovel he. This is Yovel. In other words, I'm trying to exclude something. What should I exclude? That which I just said, or that which I said a few minutes ago. That which you just said. Mikra nidrish lefanav, v'loy lefnei Lefanav means that which I just said earlier. Not that which I said lefnei which means you have to go two back. If I could choose, what do I choose? Yovel he. This is Yovel, not another one. What's this? What I just said. Think even in terms of speaking, yeah? If I'm telling you a few things, and I say, and this is the most important thing I said. What's this? What I said five minutes ago, or what I just told you now? If there's two items. What I just told you now, this is this. That's why I choose emancipation of slaves. That's the key issue. Rabbi Yossi is talking in Savari. He's trying to make life easier. Rabbi Yossi says, I'm not trying to make life easier. I'm trying to find out. Pshat in the Yoivalhi. But the kula alma, everybody holds Dror Loshin Cheros. The word Dror means freedom. My mashma, where did you get? How do you know Dror means freedom? It doesn't say, usually the word for freedom in Chumash, you have the word Chayfesh, right? And you have the word Cheros, like Zman Cheroseinu. But here it doesn't say either. It says, across some Dror Ba'aretz. My mashma, the Tanya ain Dror at a Loshin Cheros. Amr Abihu, the Ma Loshin Dror. From the word dira. What's the definition of freedom? He could live wherever he wants. You choose your house. And you could do business wherever you want. You take merchandise to this country, that country. The freedom to move around, to live where you want, and to move where you want, that is the definition of freedom here. Which an Evid can't do either. He can't start doing business in this country and that country. And he can't live wherever he wants. He has to live where the other wants him to live. And that, that, obstructs, that obstructs the freedom of the effort. So you have three Lashayinists. You have Chayfish is one form of freedom. Chayrus is another element of freedom. And Diroid is a third element of free, freedom of the idea of Dayara. By the way, there are some who say, seems extra. Dayara means you live where you want. So what Pashtas it means, you live where you want and you do business wherever you want. But some say that the word Yoivil, actually, Moivil, Moivil, Yoivil means a shoifer. Also, Yoivil comes from the word Hoivala, La Hoivil, to means to, to move around, to lead. So Moivil, Schayra, Bechal, Medina, yeah, that is actually an element of, uh, of, uh, of, of freedom of Yoivil. The Vilna Gaon writes, in, in, in Megillus Esther you have, Fahashkas Bechleizov, Yein Malchasov, um, um, uh, what does it say there? In the feast that Achashverosh makes uh, 187 days. So the Gemara says that Vidar Vesecharis means he gave people freedom to live wherever they want, Vesecharis to do Schaida, to do Schaida wherever, uh, wherever they want. Also, Tzipadroid is a free bird, huh? A free bird that moves around. So that's the definition of the I could live where I want, and I can do business wherever I want. Schoyer b'chol medina. The other two 
international trade agreements. International. He's not saying all sanctions. The other two expressions for free, kofish and kavis. So I was told in Hebrew there are no synonyms. So what would be the corresponding English word? Because they're supposed to be different. Not supposed to be identical. That's a deep Torah. Chayfish comes from the word chipus, which means to search. L'chapes. Chayrus comes from the word charus, which means engraved. Charus alaluchus. Because there's two types of freedom in the world. One definition of freedom is I have no responsibilities. That's called chafesh. We call it vacation. I have no responsibilities. A teenager quits school, sleeps all day, he's free. No attendance, no responsibilities, nothing. I have no shackles on me. No chains, nobody telling me what to do. Am I a free person? On one level, yeah, I'm free technically in the sense that nobody is chaining me down. But sometimes that becomes the greatest form of slavery. I become a slave to my worst own instincts, addictions, peer pressure, cravings, laziness, depression, etc., I don't have anybody telling me what to do, but I have my own demons telling me what to do, or I'm just following everybody else. Why is it called searching? So in other words, I'm really searching for who I am. I don't know who I am. So you're on vacation, you're searching. Often on vacation, you'll see the most fights happen on vacation between couples. That's a fact. I, I read a whole article. They did a whole, uh, one of the newspapers, they did a whole article. They said, marriages, most fights happen on vacation. Because when people are busy... <laughs> They don't have so much time. And suddenly, everyone is with each other, and they don't. You know, they have a lot of issues. So everything, all the demons come out. That's why Pesach is not called Zman Hachafesh. Pesach is called Zman. Nobody has time on Pesach, unless you go to a hotel, then you could fight also. Zman Cheruseinu. Cherus means engraved. To be free, the most important thing is to know what is engraved in you, who you really are, so that you're living a life in which your life is expressing your true essence. That's what freedom is. Freedom doesn't mean I work less. A great musician who loves music, yeah, this is his greatest passion. He may be working very hard, but he's free. He's living a life that is true to his truest essence. That's Chedusen. That's In other words, I may be working very hard, but I'm doing something that I'm, I'm being true to who I really am. Chayfesh, I'm doing nothing. I may be completely alien to who I am, to what I need, to what I really want, to what I really desire. I'm free to eat anything I want. But I understand that. Sometimes that's the worst slavery in the world. I could drink whatever I want. I could do whatever I want. It's the worst slavery. So that's the difference between chayfesh and chayres. But this is freedom of movement. So that is the low level. Yeah, that's the evid. What does the evid gain by going out? Not so simple. He's free to move. And we know... For example, people who leave prison after many, many years, how difficult it is, psychologically, because you become accustomed to slavery, you become accustomed to people telling you what to do, and you don't know what to do with yourself. You know, people always say they want to be free. But there's a mile, you know, some people don't want to be free. Remember, when you're really free, you can't blame anybody for your problems. As long as you're a slave, you can always blame somebody, right? Psychologically... It's so easy to be a slave because there's always somebody else at fault. The moment you're free, it's like, okay, it's all me, nobody else. Can't blame my father forever. Yeah. We'll have to fall like the shit that you don't know, only by 
Okay, that's a question. Who blows Shifer? So the truth is that it's a mitzvah for every Jew to hear Shifer. But he says clearly, Masuri Lebezdin. Right? But the truth is, we're going to see later in Gemara Daflama that every Jew is Mechoyuf Tkiyah Shifer in Yoivo. The Pshat is either that Bezdin could be Mekayim this mitzvah. In other words, Bezdin, here Bezdin can go. Bezdin can send a Shliach to everywhere and say, Blow Shifer. Right? So Be- that's Pshat Masuri Lebezdin. Here you say it. Here, Bezdin doesn't have to start fighting with people and send in policemen and task forces to get out the slaves, which is a very ugly business. You know what I mean? That's one way. Uh, that's one way. Um, that's one way you could do it. But the Rambam holds that the mitzvah is masrut The Rambam says that Bezdin is the one tchila first. So therefore, when Bezdin does it, it's. Uh, it's in other words, Masurah Lebezdin doesn't mean no Jews don't have to blow. Masurah Lebezdin, Tchila, they're the first ones to do it. The Let's just finish it. Huh? What is the gate of not sending out? I would have to ask my wife. One guy, everybody, or if one does, then it's how you're able to. Okay. In other words, if the majority does it, you follow the majority. Although some could argue that even if one Jew decides not to do it, it could be a problem. And nobody does Yoival, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Let's just see the third shit, Mamash, another minute. This is the opinion of Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi. Chachamim say, much stronger. Shloshton ma'akvois boy. All three are ma'akev. Shoifer, emancipation, and returning fields. And if you do not do all three, Yoival does not take root. The land does not become holy. Why? Because Savri they hold Mikrin Nidrish Lefonov, Velefnefonov, Velacharov. When it says Yoival, he, she is Yoival, and no other else is Yoival, it includes the condition it said right before, it includes the conditions that say before that, which is Shoifer, and it includes. The condition which says after, which is returning the fields. All three. But you just said before it says Yoival, he. It says Yoival, which means it's just always Yoival. Teaches me that even Chutzlarts, I have to send out my slaves. Even a Jew living in America, when there was Yoival, he had to liberate his slaves. Without Lincoln, without civil war. That's the Chiddush. Yoival. Is not teaching me that Yoivel happens without doing the mitzvahs. If you don't do one of these mitzvahs, there's no Yoivel. So why does it just say Yoivel? To teach me. It's not for, limited for Eretz Yisrael. Frank Meir Vaksiv Ba'aretz. It says across some Dror. Ba'aretz l'chol Yoshva. Aretz is the land, Eretz Yisrael. Ha'hu to teach me. Not that it has to be only in Eretz Yisrael. It's man shanayik dror ba'aretz noyik b'chutzlaretz. When they're doing this in Eretz Yisrael, then you have to do it also outside of Eretz Yisrael for a Jew living outside. The time when it's not happening in Eretz Yisrael, that's why even a Jew outside of Eretz Yisrael who had a slave, as long as Yoival is not happening in Eretz Yisrael, and remember it didn't happen the moment some of the Shvatim were exiled. Reuven, God, the moment you don't have most Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, Yoival doesn't exist. So then it wouldn't apply to Chutz Laaretz also. So Krasim Dror Ba'aretz means it begins with Eretz Yisrael. But it's not limited to Eretz Yisrael. That's why Yoivel means even Chutz Laaretz. But Yoivel, he means that even without the three mitzvahs, any of them, Yoivel does not take root. That's the Shitta of the Chachamim. 
This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.